a story narrative that gives us a glimpse into the humanity of Jesus Christ. You know, it's easy to settle on the fact that Jesus did miracles, and he did. He walked on water. He caused blind eyes to see. He opened the ear of the deaf. He caused the mute to speak. He even raised individuals from the dead. And so we can get lost in the fact that he was a miracle-working wonder. But yet Jesus was fully human while being fully God. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, we find an account that gives us a deep look into the humanity of this man that they call the Son of Man. The garden scene is set on a Friday in the middle of the night on the very day that Jesus Christ is to be crucified. After the celebration of the Passover, we call the Last Supper, he leaves the upper room with 11 of his 12 disciples because Judas was already on his way to betray him. And so the Garden of Gethsemane, they enter there, he and the 11 of the 12, which is located on the Mount of Olives. Jesus often went there to pray. He would often go there for respite and refuge. Gethsemane literally means olive press. Olives were collected and placed into a press, and the process of weight and pressure on these olives will cause ooze of oil to excrete from the pressure that these olives were going through. It's only fitting that Jesus will be in this garden to endure what is going to be one of the most pressing pressures, agonizing moments of his life. It takes place right here in the Garden of Gethsemane. He invites his disciples to come with him, but he takes Peter, James, and John a little further into the garden with him to pray. And here is where I want us to pick up the story as depicted for us in Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. And it reads, And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went again and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping? Taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Upon entering the, the Garden of Gethsemane, he tells his disciples in Mark chapter 14, verse 34, my soul is sorrowful even to death. The phrase sorrowful even to death in the original language gives us a picture of Jesus being surrounded on every side by sorrow. 
It is a sorrow that most people can die from. When we read all four Gospels of this account, we still see the full picture of Jesus' agonizing moment in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's going through the press before he ever got to the cross, right here in this garden. Jesus' mind, body, everything is going through pressure because of what he knew was coming. He knew he was about to be abandoned by his disciples. He knew he was about to suffer intense physical pain. He knew he was about to be tried, rejected, and condemned to death for the very people that he came to save. They will cry, crucify him, crucify him. And what he knew that he was about to endure literally overwhelms him. He's in agony, distress beyond words that Luke's account tells us that the depths of sorrow, the grief and severe sorrow that Jesus is going through causes Jesus to sweat blood. The, the medical term for this is hematidrosis. It is a condition in which due to extreme physical and emotional stress, capillary blood vessels will begin to burst and that feeds the sweat glands begins to burst and blood and sweat will ooze through these capillary blood vessels. This is the peak, people of God, of human stress. There's nothing to explain the stress and the anguish. It almost kills him to the point that God has to dispatch an angel to come and strengthen Jesus. He's here at the point of death. Now, what's the purpose behind what's taking place in this garden? The purpose is not for Jesus to experience suffering. The purpose is not for him to experience anguish. The purpose for what he's going through in the garden is not for him to sweat blood. No, the purpose for what Jesus is going through in the garden is for total surrender of Jesus's will to the Father's will. It's all about our will. Some theologians call this that Jesus is going through in the garden the last temptation of Jesus Christ. Why was it a temptation? It was a temptation for Jesus to abandon his father's will for his own. While wrestling in agony with the father's will, Jesus prays three times the same prayer. What is that prayer? Mark 14, 35 tells us. And going a little farther, he fell, really, he collapsed to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. In other words, if there is any other way to redeem mankind, if there's another way, another route, I know they tell you all routes leads to God. Jesus is saying, if there's another way, lead me to that way. And heaven was silent because there is no other way. He says, remove this cup from me. What is the cup that Jesus is referring to? The cup is God's full, undiluted wrath against mankind's sin. He was being faced with the decision to drink the wrath of God. Not wrath just for your sins or my, my sins. No, the wrath for the sins of the world. Every liar, 
every murderer, every adulterer, every thief, every proud person, every arrogant heart, every sexual immoral, and the list goes on. The wrath for our sins, past, present, and future, eternally settled. Jesus was being asked to drink this cup. And if he doesn't drink this cup, we remain in our sin without redemption, without forgiveness, and eternity spent without God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? But if Jesus knew he came for this reason, to give his life a ransom for many, why this agony? Was Jesus afraid of dying? Was he afraid of the cross? Was he afraid of the nails? Was he afraid of the mockery? No, the reasons for this agony is because Jesus was about to experience something he had never in his whole lifetime, whether in heaven or on earth, experienced before. And that is total separation from God the Father. Jesus has never experienced separation from the Father in heaven or here on earth. All he has ever known is intimacy with God. He says, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. At 12 years old, he said, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? He has never done anything independent of the father. And this last act, he's being asked to identify as our sin bearer and it would require him to do something he's never done. Experience total separation from God the Father. And why, why would he have to experience total separation and being cut off from God the Father? He did it so that we wouldn't have to. So that we wouldn't have to experience total separation. And Jesus, in his humanity, he wrestles with the press of the agony, with surrounding sorrow unto death for hours in the garden. And he comes to a place where he abandons his will and completely surrenders to the will of the Father. At the end of verse 36 in Mark 14, after asking that the cup be removed from him, Jesus comes to this astounding, triumphant resolution. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Not my will, but thine be done. Again, this is the purpose for what Jesus is in the garden, wrestling in the garden over. For total surrender of his will. Jesus' final words, not my will, but yours be done, expresses absolute surrender to the Father. No, he didn't want to be separated from the Father. No, he did not want to be scourged and whipped to death. No, he did not want to become sin. No, he didn't want any of that. But what Jesus wanted more than all of that, he wanted his Father's will over his own will. And that is what he chose, saints. Not, no one forced him. He did it willfully. And after he gets to this astounding conclusion that he will choose the Father's will, Jesus gets up from the floor with sweat, with blood in his sweat, and the Father's will as his will, and he walks over to his three sleeping disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he tells them, get up, my hour has come. 